You're listening to the It's Her Time podcast with Cody and Jess. Welcome back. On today's episode, I have Candace Barley with me. She is an actress and a producer and a mother of three sons. And then she has become now a health evangelist after she spent several years feeling debilitated due to breast implant illness. So today's episode, we're going to have her tell us her story, but also share all the things that she has learned. This is an amazing episode. I personally have learned a lot, and I'm excited for you to learn from Candace as well. But before we get into that, let's go into Mixers Girls Say. Okay, for our Mixers Girls Say, we're going to read through some product reviews. These are some of our favorite stories. We share these in our team meetings. This is what we like get energized by Mm -hmm. on a day Mm -hmm. that business just feels tough and we're trying to solve problems and things. Mm -hmm. It's the testimonials and the customer experiences that just keep us going. They remind us why we do this. Mm -hmm. Yep. So um, in this experience, okay, sorry, this is so long, but I'm only on my third day ever using mixers. I'm using her time, her power or her time, her power and her guard. Um, And I started my period on the second day and I can already tell a difference. My blood color is different. I'm happier, more focused and energized and way less moody. I thought most of it was just in my head since I just started taking them, but my blood color went from the dark burgundy, which you say means high estrogen, to the bright cranberry red. And I went from using an ultra tampon every three hours on my first day to only twice that day. I searched high estrogen on Google and I have been experiencing all of the symptoms. I never knew. I feel so excited to be figuring out what's going on with my body and to be feeling better. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for having such incredible products. I will be buying them long-term. Yay. We love that. Yeah. We love that. And you know what? I can't wait for her to also add to her arsenal. Her baby. Mm. It's going to be so good. I mean, great. Yep. Okay, so next, we're going to read another review. She says, okay, I just have to tell you, my periods have always been pretty bad. Irregular cramps, you name it. But after having her child, I'm not going to say their name, mm-hmm. um, her fourth, mm-hmm. it's been so much worse. Not that anyone would know this person or their <laughs> no, kid's name, but, still, but it's still, whatever. Just, yeah. still, when it's kids, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Um, after having my fourth child, my cycles have been all over the place, anywhere from 48 days one month to 27 days another, and my periods have been 10 to 11 days long. The first five to six have been dark and cloudy, and the cramps have been horrible. I even went back on birth control at one point during the summer because I was absolutely desperate. After one month on birth control, I went back off because of the side effects were horrible. Long story-ish, I found your page and decided to give your products a try. I just started my period this morning, and I have minimal to zero cramping, and the real kicker I started with red blood. This is the first cycle in a year and a half that I didn't start with dark brown clots and horrible cramps. That's awesome. That's so awesome. You know what? We never mind the long testimonials, guys. Tell us the story. Tell us the whole story. Tell us the story because we are invested in it. And I love that you realize that that bright red color and having Mm -hmm. a period that is, that's everything. That's what we're going for. That is a sign of health. Last one, this woman says, you guys are so awesome. I don't think you or anyone even like understands how (laughs) life-changing this has been for me. We actually do because it's been life-changing for us, but But everyone has has for you too. Yes. Yeah. I'm seriously blown away. I'm like a new person right now because of her time. I can't wait to try her love. It's ordered and on the way. Yes. Thanks for sharing reviews. We love hearing from each of you. And now we will listen to the episode. Yay. Mixers is a company made for women by women. Each of our products have been carefully and lovingly crafted to support you in all stages of your life, providing you with the optimal health you deserve. 
Each ingredient we handpick is 100% all natural, backed by science and chosen specifically to better your life physically, mentally, and hormonally. Each product empowers your body to take charge of its monthly hormonal shift and flows, empowering you to live life to the fullest. Let mixers take care of your needs from sunup to sundown, and you take care of the rest. Check us out at mixers.com, M-I-X-H-E-R-S. Okay. I'm so excited because as I introduced in the intro, we have Candace Barley with us. The reason I'm so excited to have Candace on here is because not only is she a wealth of information, she's an expert on the subject that we're going to be covering today, but she has her own personal story. And I'm excited for all of our listeners to get to know you, Candace, and get to hear more about you. So why don't you say hi and tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, well, let's see. I am I'm an actress and producer, and uh, I got married very young and had children pretty young as well, my first at 20. And uh, a little bit before that, as I was a very late bloomer. So I, <laughs> I didn't get my period until I was almost 17. I didn't have breasts. And it was so strange to me because I never really thought it was an issue. But as soon as I started middle school, suddenly I was like center of attention for not having breasts. Right. And yeah. So like, I mean, just tormented and girls, you know, humiliating me in the locker room. So girls, so, not just boys, it was girls also. You know, it was mostly girls, which Aww. was so strange. It was so strange. As I got into high school, and then the boys kind of joined in, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was, it was, and I was like, I, 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 because I was such a late bloomer, I was like four, six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was tiny, yeah. tiny, tiny, but, uh, yeah. So, um, that began to start this dial inner dialogue of, of what's wrong with me and why, why isn't my body like everybody else's? And it was just that I was a late bloomer. You know, eventually I did get some small breasts by the time I was about 17. And uh, so then I, you know, went on, didn't think too much about it. Uh, after I had breastfed my second child, I was 24 years old and I was back to being flat. And suddenly those thoughts and that unhealed trauma yeah. came back up again. And so I, decided it would be a good idea to get breast implants. And so I just wanted very small. I just wanted to be a small B cup. And so at 24, I got my first set of saline, small breast implants. And I loved them. I thought it was great. And within about six months, I started having extreme fatigue, mm. like to the point that I went to the doctors and said, I think I might have thyroid issues. I, I'm so tired. I can't, I can't seem to stay awake. And they said, Oh no, it's just because you have two children under four. I said, well, I had two children under two, one who was extremely sick. I never got any sleep and I was never this tired, but I never, it never even occurred to me that it could have anything to do with anything other than I, okay. I just, maybe at 24, you start getting really tired. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's about the age, you know, you start feeling your age. No, <laughs> yeah. right. Yes. So then, uh, within, by the time I was 26, I had my first saline rupture. Wow. I just, I had been doing some yard work. I looked down when I went to get in the shower and one side was completely flat. 
interesting. So yeah, so I breast implants have a warranty, so they were under warranty, and I was able to go back and get them both exchanged out. The doctor suggested I go up a little bit in size because my skin was stretched out. So even though I didn't want to be bigger, they made me a little bigger. Fast forward two years after that, I'm riding a roller coaster with my son and I have a second rupture. What? Yes. Wow. Oh, so, you know, exchange. You were cursed. Yeah, you were cursed. I know. Yeah. Well, you know, um, for those of us who have a very, very uh, limited amount of breast tissue, Mm. the saline implants tend to ripple. They get ripples in them. And those can kind of wear down over time. And in addition, saline has a, it's supposed to have a one-way valve. So they put the implant in and then they fill them up. Okay. So you can have a faulty valve as well. And then we can get into the other issues with saline. And that is that it makes them more susceptible to mold. Mm. So exchanged them. Again, they told me I had to go a little bit up in size. So each time I'm getting bigger and bigger. And that's not something I ever ever wanted. And so by this time, I had started struggling with severe restless leg syndrome. Went to the doctor for that. I didn't really have any answers or solutions or medications or any any explanation as to why that was happening at 26 years old. And so again, just added it to this little symptoms list that was starting to, to grow. And as uh, once the silicone implants were put back on the market, they were marketed as being safer. They were considered, uh, they called them cohesive gel. So they would call them the gummy bear. It's a very mm-hmm. fun, fun name. Everyone wanted to get the gummy bear implant. And since I had already had two ruptures, it made sense to get the gummy bear implants. So this is my third well, this would be my, yes, my third surgery at this point. So each time you open up the capsule, you're releasing these chemicals and bacteria that grow inside this capsule. So just like a splinter, Mm -hmm. if you have a splinter or anything inside your body, it will form a little capsule around there to protect your body from that foreign object. We're the breast implants do the same thing. Your body forms this capsule around there. And so each time they open it, I would have increased symptoms. But I was never putting this together. Because no, nobody's ever talking about this. This is never anything that is discussed like when you're even looking into getting breast implants or anything. This just is not even anything I think that was on anybody's radar. And I don't know how long ago you're talking. Like I don't know how old you are now, but how many years ago was this? So this was uh, now from my first set of implants was 20 years ago. I'm, okay. I'm 45. Okay. I'm 45 now. Yeah. So, so I got my, my, I got the gel implants around, I don't know, 32, 33 yeah. years old. And that's when things really started to progressively get worse very quickly. Mm. I started having extreme hormone issues to the point that they suggested I go on birth control to of course. try to help with these. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, which caused all kinds of other issues. And I was having extreme heart palpitations. 
And so by this time, I'm starting to know, okay, I've really got to clean up my diet. And so I'm taking supplements and I'm focusing on really good nutrition and eating organic and, uh, you know, trying to do all of the right things. And I would get, would get a little better. And then something new would pop up. Started having, uh, after my third surgery, that's when the gut issues got really severe. I suddenly had food sensitivities. Everything gave me bloat, you know, major bloating. And, uh, so continued going to the doctor was not getting any answers and just did my best to, to live as healthy as possible until there was a tipping point. My system got to a point that it could no longer detox the chemicals that were being released into my body. So what happens, what happened with me was my liver became, I, I don't drink, uh, I eat very healthy, but my, suddenly my cholesterol was extremely high. My liver enzymes were doubling every four weeks. I was so tired. I couldn't get out of bed for longer than three or four hours. And, uh, I started to have full body tremors where my hands would shake and my legs would shake. And I, I just, I had, I had no answers, yeah. no doctor. So whenever you go to the doctor and you list, if you've had any surgeries, I've written down every single one of these surgeries. No one ever suggested my breast implants. Even when I would go yearly for burning and lumps near my, under my armpits, mm-hmm. um, near the outside edge of my breast. Yeah, where your lymph nodes are. Yeah. Lymph nodes were trying to do their job. Yeah. Yep. And it was always inflamed lymph nodes. Yeah. So again, no one suggested breast implants. So uh, it's kind of a, a, a wild way that I found out, but I just was crying and meditating and praying and I was home by myself. I couldn't take care of my son uh, and my mom was helping with just daily life and I just screamed out, what's wrong with me? And I just heard breast implants. Mm -hmm. And I had never in my life heard anything. I was 41, never Mm -hmm. heard anything like that before. And so I immediately picked up my laptop and opened it up and typed in, can breast implants make you sick? Yeah. And that's when I just saw thousands and thousands of articles and women and found these Facebook groups and they all had the same symptoms that I had. And so then I began my search for an explant surgeon and, and I met with several surgeons and the importance of finding someone who believes in breast implant illness and the importance of removing the capsule at the time of explant. At the time, there wasn't very many surgeons that did that. So I had some very disheartening meetings with surgeons who would tell me, you know, you're just, you're not going to feel any better. There's no proof that that's an issue and you're going to look terrible. So I was Mm -hmm. like, but I was so sick. I didn't care. I just wanted my life back. So I found a wonderful surgeon in Newport beach and he had a year waiting list and through a series of miracles and cancellations, I was able to get in within six weeks. Wow. And so had my surgery 
And within eight weeks, all my labs had returned to normal and I was scheduled for a liver biopsy. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Your story is actually, and I'm sorry to interrupt you because I know the story continues, but um, I'm going to open up personally on here because I feel like as when I found you on Instagram, just so you listeners know, I actually was, I feel like it was a a miracle because um, for the past couple of years, I have been struggling with some very like crazy symptoms that have been like not very explainable, but was told that I have um, high liver enzymes, that there's um, a liver disease that I am suffering with, that my thyroid is not working well, that there's issues now with my kidneys. There's all of these things, okay? Now, you girls that are listening, you know my background. I'm a holistic health practitioner. I help people heal from hormone imbalance and from toxicity and from all of these things, but I didn't put it together either because I I had breast implants put in in 2004, okay? And back then, it was kind of... I had the saline and it was kind of put out there is like, this is the healthier option. This is a good way to go. And I was like you, Candice. I wasn't looking to be like a porn star. I just wanted to like kind of... uh, go back to what I used to be before I breastfed my kids. Right. And so I just put in these and it was this little trade deal. I used to own a gym and, um, I had a a surgeon that traded training for these breast implants. It's so embarrassing now. Like I don't talk about this very much because there's some shame in it. Right. And it's like with everything I even knew back then, I should have thought through this just a little bit more, but it was kind of the thing to do. You know, everybody was getting breast implants and it was really just, um, sold like it's very safe and that there's not anything, especially because it's saline, which is just natural. And, um, it could be, you know, just totally fine. And it wasn't until all of a sudden I started getting all of these crazy symptoms that I've been looking and you're, I'm with you. Nobody has been able to pinpoint that it's exactly being caused from breast implant illness, but as a practitioner and just as a woman, all of us have intuition. And I had an experience like with you, I was working with my reflexologist and um, my reflexologist just said, is there anything that's coming to your mind right now that is something that you need to change? And I had this like, and I had never thought of this before, but all of a sudden the same thing, the word breast implants came to mind. And I thought, you know what? It's something to do with my breast implants. And so I went and started researching. This is how I found you, Candace. And um, I started reading about some of the things that you just de- described. And I thought, you know what? This sounds like me. And this sounds like a lot of the women who are coming to me. And I thought, you know what? this needs to be talked about more. This just needs to become like, we need to become aware first of all, that it exists. And I want women to realize that, um, there's hope, right. And that there is a solution and we are not crazy. These symptoms that we're dealing with are our body's way of telling us that we need, we need care, we need help. And so, um, it could just be the fact that you have, um, toxins being released into your body, which makes total sense from these breast implants. So thank you. And I'm relating to everything you're saying because I feel like I've had the exact same experience. Yeah. Well, you know, as a holistic practitioner, you know, it all comes down to root cause. So Mm -hmm. when you have addressed everything that should be the root causes Mm -hmm. and it's still not resolving, right? then that's when I tell women, it's time to look at your breast implants. If you've done everything that should technically address your thyroid or your hormones. But what this is, is a, it's a constant for some of us can be a cost, a constant systemic stressor, which we know keeps our body in fight or flight mode, which messes with our adrenals and our cortisol, which messes with our hormones. And so 
it, it's, it's very common. And then we know I, I work with, with Dr. Where I talk a lot with Dr. Rob, who has really dedicated his practice into understanding why. Mm-hmm. So he, he started doing genetic testing and DNA testing and finding, you know, we, we know that 60% of people don't methylate well. Right. They have so a gene mutation called the MTHFR gene mutation. Yes, which I do. Mm-hmm. And I do too. Yeah. So he found that pretty much every woman coming in with BII mm. had one of these methylation issues, whether it was with, you know, MTHFR, or glutathione, vitamin D, uh, SOD, like all across the board, they would have these same things. Another thing that he found, which is just incredible, was that two-thirds of these women had biofilm on their implants within the capsule. He does PCR testing to, and so of over 150 different types of genetic uh, marker bacterial DNA. So if two-thirds have that, there's not anything that you can do to address that other than removing that source of biofilm bacteria and and toxicity and so something that i it's kind of a there's a lot of controversy on whether you should do sauna with breast implants Mm -hmm. but but i feel like it needs to be studied and it needs to be discussed more because so many of us are doing sauna now i love my sauna uh but when you have breast implants and they are heated up just like a plastic water bottle in our car. We know that if, if plastic is heated up, it leaches into our food or water or whatever substance is in there. It is believed the same thing happens with the implants. And I always tell women too, it's important to know that we all have silicone, whether it's saline or shell, because the shell is silicone. Mm-hmm. So while there is less chemicals in a saline um, you know, in the actual filler filling. Mm-hmm. Yes. The, the actual, actual shell is still silicone. Right. So, and, and they've not done real studies to see what's happening with, with those particles. And we, you know, your lymph system, all of these lymph nodes next to your breasts is very dense. So it's easy to get, and that gets very stagnant. So it's very important. Uh, if you have breast implants to be doing manual soft mm-hmm. lymphatic massage in that area. I didn't sweat the entire time I had breast implants. Wow. And I didn't I didn't even I thought that was I, I thought that was like I'm such a lady. <laughs> yeah. Like you're so lucky. Yeah. But yeah, yeah but really yeah. But not but normal, really not healthy. Bad. Yeah, really, really bad. Really, really bad. And it's probably uh, not probably is a huge part of why I ended up getting so sick. Mm. I couldn't flush those things out of my system. And so and I wasn't taking magnesium. I didn't, you know, know that you were supposed to have two bowel movements a day. Right. These were just things that no doctor asked me about. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I finally went to a functional medicine doctor that they started asking me things and putting these things together. And so then when I came in after I had had this revelation, do you think it could be my breast implants? And they were like, I had done food diaries. I had done everything that mm-hmm. they had asked me to do and they couldn't figure it out. So yeah, as, a, after, after my explant, my labs returned to normal and it, t- it took, so a, a rule of thumb is generally it takes about one month for every year you had breast implants to completely 
go through, you go through several detox dumps. Mm -hmm. So for me, I had, I had implants for a total of 17 years. And so I would say it was a good 17 months before I stopped having, you know, times where I would have a big detox and be in bad kind of flu-like symptoms for a couple of days. But each time I got so much better that I learned to embrace those times and be like, this is a good thing. My body is healthy enough to go, okay, we're going to flush things out again. And then each time I, I just became so much better. And, and now here I am th- three and a half years later, and I have, I feel better than I felt since I was 24. That's amazing. So that's so cool. Yeah. I love that. I love that that's because I'm, I'm all about sharing hope. You know, I feel like our bodies are just miraculous. They know how to heal. Um, it's just, we kind of have to get out of our own way often. And so, right. you know, these breast implants are most likely getting in the way. Now I know there are many people that are listening that have breast implants that are going to feel like, no, that's not me. It doesn't sound like me at all. And I, I hope that's the case for sure. I just want you to be aware that there is the potential. Um, for instance, like when I had my implants put in, I was never told that you're supposed to replace them. I never even knew that. I thought you put them in for life and then that's good. That is something that is um, commonly recommended now is that they should be replaced. But I also think you should look into maybe um, some other options because I know for me, like as I'm looking into getting an explant, I'm just trying to get on a list with a, a good surgeon that is going to be able to do things the way that I would like things to be done in a nice and holistic way. Um, I also am like, okay, am I going to just look like I have these rocks and socks? Like, am I just going to be left with just this hideous, you know, aftermath of having breast implants for as long as I've had? And um, so can you share with us a little bit, Candice, about what is it that is out there that's possible for us that's maybe a little reconstructive or, you know, just help us to realize that like, I mean, it's worth it for me. I'm like you, like, I just want them out because I want these symptoms to be gone. So I don't even care what I look like afterwards, but it's good to know that there are some solutions um, to make things not look so droopy down there. Absolutely. And and I do want to say for me, I, I also offer support for women with breast implants on the, I have a website awesome. and, and on my page because if you don't have issues, great. It's just information that I want women to feel empowered and know. So if anything does come up in the future, it can be like, maybe I need to look into this, but there are other ways that you can also be supplementing and taking care of your body along the way so that maybe you limit those issues, making sure that your detox pathways are open and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, but so for me, for I was like that. I just wanted them out. I didn't care what I looked like. Um, because I had had them so long, because I had very thin capsules, I had to have a lot of tissue removed at that time. And my pectorals had been... I, mine were under the muscle mm-hmm. for 17 years. You can't use your muscles. Mm-hmm. So they had atrophied way up. So I could only have... my, my Mine only come to my second rib. That's where they were, were stitched to. So it was very difficult to see what I looked like. Um, I'm, I was single and I, I've been married for a very long time. And, you know, this was like, oh my gosh, now I'm never going to let anyone see me. That, that you go through such yeah. a roller coaster. It's emotional. Yeah. It's very emotional. And, and, and I had to deal with, you know, went back to dealing with the things from middle school again. Yeah. So for me, I say, I, I don't regret any of it. I've grown so much and I've learned so much about myself. But so after, after a few years, I started looking into fat transfer. And for me, I, I didn't want to be 
put back under general anesthesia because I've had so many surgeries mm-hmm. because of all the ruptures in the explant. So fat transfer is a really, really great option. It's, it lasts. It's, it's permanent. Uh, if you go to the right doctor, you have really excellent, excellent results. So a lot of people think, well, fat transfer, you know, you're only going to retain 50%, maybe 60% if you're lucky. Well, the, what Dr. Rob talks about, which is like, was mind blowing to me because I was always following these boards. I'm like, why are some women not being able to keep their breasts after they got these fat transfers? It's like, well, they haven't tested their, their hormones. Mm. Estrogen is a huge part of breasts and fat and being able to do this. So if their if their hormones are all yeah. a wreck and they do that, they're not going to be able to, to or, or they're still struggling with inflammation and haven't addressed those issues. So uh, it's really great to go to uh, someone who understands all of that and make sure you're going to have the best results possible by making sure that you have address any inflammation issues and food sensitivities and your hormones and thyroid. So I just recently had a, a reconstructive fat transfer. I'm, I'm only three and a half weeks out. Oh, wow. And yeah. And uh, I'm an A cup and I'm thrilled. Yeah. And I opted to do mine awake. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm like, I so, keep saying, oh, wow. Cause that's crazy. So, okay. Tell yeah. us about that. So, um, you know, they just, it's, it's done in, in office. I went to a really excellent, uh, fat transfer surgeon in LA. Mm-hmm. His name is Dr. Yovino. And he, you, you take some, let's see, Zofran and, uh, Norco, you know, they give you Xanax, you know, I don't take any pharmaceuticals or anything. Yeah. So I was like, <sighs> but you, you take that and it makes you ex- extremely relaxed and uh they are only able to take from a few areas so i had my arms and my hips uh where they, where they took from and is that because yeah. you're so you're so lean is that why yeah so somebody so like it, me they're like oh we got we got plenty yeah. like <laughs> oh yeah so they that's just- <laughs> that's my it's ideal you want to be able to to have a, a a little more on your body and i thought that i did but i had I just, I thought that I did, okay. but I didn't. <laughs> okay. So they can take it from my love handles and they can put it in my breasts. In your breasts. And, uh, and, and I really liked the idea of being able to do it awake. I had no pain. Yeah. I was completely comfortable. Uh, you know, he talked me through every step of the way. It was about three and a half hours and, uh, it was a very, very quick recovery. So, well, yeah, um, three weeks ago and you look like you're feeling amazing. Yeah, I, yeah, doing great. And back to being able to do light workouts. Good. And so, and, you know, another thing is like it's in yeah, uh, the surgeries and stuff can really mess up your hormones and your, uh, your cycle and hair loss and all that. So it's, it's, it's a, such an easy one. But the great thing is there are surgeons who are able, there, there's a select few who are able to do fat transfer at the time of explant. Okay. So you can get it all done at one time. And uh, as long as you're not struggling, it's not very sick. So I wasn't a candidate for that because I was too sick. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Is that like a recommended, you know, is that recommended to do it at the same time? Because I feel like if there are many of us wanting to get explants done, it's most likely because we are suffering with a lot of imbalance. So it would be recommended then to do it separately, make it so that there's separate procedures. Okay. 
Correct. Correct. So uh, definitely. And and because you want to be able to get that inflammation down and you want to be able to flush those toxins because, you know, toxins like to be stored in our fat. Mm-hmm. So that's just a good idea to do it like three months. Three months is a good amount of time generally between explant and fat transfer. But if you're not really struggling with symptoms, but you just intuitively feel like it's time or you, it's, it, it's in, you know, you've had them for 10 years and it's time to remove them. And you don't want to have to do that again. Mm-hmm. That transfer at the time of explant is is really wonderful. Sounds good. Option. Yeah. No, it's good. I appreciate you sharing that there's a couple different things because it would be helpful for us to know what are what are some questions that we should ask. Like when we are meeting with, when we're going to these consultations with these different surgeons um, to kind of find the person that's going to be right for us to do the explant surgery, are there specific questions that we should be thinking about and asking that you can tell us? Yes, absolutely. So uh, one of the first questions that I, because uh, I get this question a lot, is is I tell them to ask the surgeon, how many explants have you done? Okay. You know, so it, it's important to be, to because it's such a specific and, and delicate surgery, because they're having to remove scar tissue that is on your chest wall. Mm. And so they really need to have had a lot of experience doing this. And so you want someone who's done 300, 500 or more explant surgeries. Uh, next would be, do you understand and agree with the importance of removing the implant via on block, which means it's French for all in one piece, or a total capsulectomy, which is where one of the doctors says it's like a it's like an Easter egg. You don't want to crack the Easter egg mm-hmm. because you don't want anything to spill out because sometimes you don't know if there's a rupture or something else going on within that. So they dissect and remove the capsule with the implant completely inside and then remove the capsule from the implant and expect the implant once it's out of your body. And which so that is extremely sorry, important. which one is better than the one that you just now like where they remove the entire like capsule? Is that the better option? Yeah, but well, both both a lot of times it depends on whether you have very thick capsules or very thin capsules. So uh, if a little tear or a you know piece of the capsule is exposed as you're removing it, then that's considered a total capsulectomy. On block means there's not a single opening in the whole okay. capsule shell. So yes, on block is what they all should try to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, the experienced surgeons do try to do that and are getting very good, even with very, very thin capsules. But occasionally there's some areas where the capsule is grown out and, and they just have to, it's considered a total capsulectomy. So that's the extremely important with, uh, you know, the FDA has come out with, with news recently talking about different issues with the capsule. And so the importance of removing that capsule so that there can't later be issues like ALCL and the different uh, extremely rare but cancers that they've found within the capsule. That's why that's important to remove that. So, and then I feel it's very important to, especially if you're struggling with with symptoms, to ask them if if they are educated on and believe in breast implant illness because many of these surgeons, I just was on a Zoom call last night with with five of the leading explant surgeons in the United States and their patient advocates. And, you know, they they see their patients 
I mean, it still blows their mind, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's, it's really amazing because they got into cosmetic surgery to do all of these, you know, beautifying things to women, but now they're actually getting to like change their lives for the better. Mm-hmm. And so they're very passionate about making sure that those things are done correctly. So, and, and making sure that, that you look as good as possible. Right. So another important question to ask is if they do, if, if there is, if they see that there is an issue with the muscle, they will do muscle repair because muscle repair can make a difference in the way that the breasts sit after, you know, so it, it kind of elevates them a little bit if you've had atrophy and issues like I have. Mm-hmm. And, um, see, I mean, those are, those are pretty much the most important yeah, those questions. Are good ones. Yeah. Really good. Awesome. Yeah. So make a list, make a list of all of these things. Um, cause I feel like, yeah, these are kind of no brainer things that we should ask, but I don't know that I would have thought of asking how many, because I bet it's not, I mean, I don't think it's super common for a lot of people in my area to have this type of surgery. And so that's something definitely I'm looking at when I'm getting into these consultations. So thank you for sharing that for sure. Yeah. And another thing that I'm, I kind of, I, I peter on the back and forth, but for the most part, I feel for, for my, the list that I have created on my website and, and on Instagram, one of the prerequisites is that the doctors, those surgeons do not perform breast implants mm-hmm. anymore. Um, because if they're constantly removing implants and seeing that these women were very sick and are getting much better, I have a difficult time with them going, okay, yeah. I'm going to put these implants back into someone. Yeah. So um, pretty much most of those, those top expert surgeons don't do that anymore. Yeah. I think that's true. I think that as a surgeon, as you're like learning more about breast implant illness, it would be hard to do the surgeries where you're doing, you know, breast implants because you would know where this could lead. And, and as a doctor that cares about the health of your patient, that's something that just feels very, you know, contradictive, uh, contradictive. So I think that that's a key, that's a key thought that, that you had, Candace, and for sure something we should be thinking about. I love that you mentioned that you have a website. I know I follow you on Instagram, but can you tell us all of the ways that people can kind of um, connect with you and, and learn more about this? Because it's amazing. It sounds like you've got a support group and all kinds of great resources for us. Yeah. Um, so my website and Instagram is Alistico Life. So I, I went to Italy by myself in June. Oh, how fun. How fun. <laughs> for, for my 45th birthday. And so Holistico is holistic in Italian. So that's what, where it. that comes from. <laughs> but I, I have I have a protocols page. I have different things that have been extremely helpful in, in my healing journey, but also that are important. I tell women as soon as you recognize or discover that maybe it's your breast implants that are are making you sick or that are causing these symptoms, it can be very frightening. And so I feel like as soon as you know, that's the first step in healing. And so you can start taking steps to support your body and your mind throughout the process. Because sometimes it can be, you know, it's 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 expensive, you know, it's time off of work for surgery or someone to watch the kids. So it's not something that you can just do overnight, but there are many things that you can start doing to support your body and help those detox pathways. So I have a protocols page. I've had um, several interviews uh, that I've done, one with a, a 
doctor, her name's Dr. Kate. She had breast implants. She became very sick and she developed a formula that's called, it's called Dr. Kate's silicone support formula for women with breast implants to help with methylation, with uh, uh, collagen synthesis, to help build a thicker capsule, which helps protect your body from things within the implant. So I've got, um, Dr. Rob has his uh, entire line that he recommends for his patients to help them methylate better, to address food sensitivity issues, to reduce inflammation. The first thing he says to anyone who is looking to help reduce symptoms and prepare for explant is, is all nutrition, which is I love that. You know, or, organic. I love that a doctor process. tells us that. That's so good. Yeah. So just making sure, you know, that they're not eating things that are inflammatory is, is his number one first yeah. bit of advice. Well, food is so, medicine right there. I mean, it's just, it's so such a no brainer. Of course, it's going to have a huge effect. And I love that you have these protocols on there. What I'm hoping is we'll eventually get some of our mixers products on your protocols because that's what we're all about too. A lot of our supplements, her time, for instance, helps with, um, overall just endocrine um, support, but it also helps with methylation. So that helps to support the liver and as well as the gut. And then we have like a greens drink that also helps to give the nutrients that are so necessary for those processes. Um, so yeah, so it, nutrition is, it matters. And so there's lots of great resources that are out there. So I love that you're sharing the ones that have been helpful for you. And I just want the listeners to just know like, it matters. So making sure that you're eating the right foods, but then also getting the right kind of supplementation to help support your needs. Absolutely. And for me personally, like I like to cycle supplements and I get pill fatigue. So I really appreciate things that I don't have to take a bunch of pills. Yeah. And so everyone's different. I always tell everyone they're everywhere all bio individuals. So we have things that resonate with us and work better with our bodies. And then, and, and it's why some people don't have any issues with their breast implants. You know, my, my whole reason for sharing is because I just don't want anyone to ever get as sick as I was. Mm-hmm. And I would have never gotten to that point had I ever even had a clue, had one doctor said, it's possible that these issues could be because of your breast implants. Mm-hmm. Not even after I, you know, they discovered I had MPHFR, that I had methylation problems. Still no one said. So yeah, it's it's just knowledge is power. And knowledge I want women to feel empowered. <laughs> I laugh because I say that in pretty much every episode. I'm like, knowledge is power, you know, but it's so true. And and that's my whole purpose of having this um this episode too, is because I know you had said earlier how it's like, okay after you have done all of the things, all of the things to help with your detoxification and have helped with the nutrition and all the lifestyle things that you can do, then look at the breast implant illness. Um, But what I hope is that now this is going to bring to mind that this is a possibility. So maybe even before you try everything, this is something that you can consider. So it can save a lot of years of suffering just like with no clue why, you know, and you're thinking, I'm doing all of the things that are supposed to be helping and it works for everybody else, but why is it not working for me? And why do I still feel like this? Because, you know, I'm like you, like I could, I could probably tell you everything I've eaten 
for the last 20 years, you know, and it's, I eat healthy. I, I do the 80, 20 rule. You know, I'm not like a, I've learned to not be a freaker about the food and enjoy some treats every once in a while. That's balance. Right. But also right. just mostly like putting in all the nourishing foods that I know my body thrives with. And then I do the saunas and I do the colon cleanses and I do the castor oil packs. And I, you know, I do all of these things as well. And so it's like, to still then feel like I, there's some symptoms that are still showing up feels frustrating sometimes. And I it gives me like a lot of empathy for the people that I work with because I understand. I understand when they say I have exhaustion because I've been there. Right. I feel like that too. Right. Yeah. When, you, when you've explored everything mm-hmm. and you have done all the things. So we're, you know, I get that from so many women. They're like, I'm doing all mm-hmm. the things and nothing made sense as to why I wasn't getting better. And, right. and sometimes even, even, you know, more symptoms coming on. So it's just, it, it can be an aha moment for, for many women and for others, it can just be, I'm just going to keep that in the back of my mm-hmm. mind so that if there ever is an issue or I meet somebody and they're having issues, I can say, Hey, you might want to consider this. Mm-hmm. And then I've had a lot of uh, younger women come to me uh, or, or moms who have, you know, finished breastfeeding and they were like, I was just about to get breast implants. And now I I am so glad I found out this information. I already have lines or I have, uh, you know, Hashimoto's or these different things. And that is not the combination that you want to have and add a stressor on your body like that. So Mm -hmm. Definitely something to consider and something that might not be brought up when you are looking into and talking and consulting with a doctor about getting breast implants. Those might not be questions that they ask you. So that's why it's important for you to feel empowered and knowing that these are questions or are things that you should bring up. Um, Letting your doctor know that you are struggling with autoimmune or that you're struggling with some kind of an issue um, that could, you know, up your chances of having um, a lot of, you know, symptoms and, and dealing with breast implant illness. So, yes. And, and doctors now are supposed to give, uh, ask these questions because uh, I believe it was, it's been about a year and a half, but the FDA finally issued a black box warning on oh, breast implant. That's and good to so, know. yeah, so they are supposed to, but it doesn't, it can just be a, they hand you a tablet and say, sign here. Mm-hmm. And it was this whole laundry list of, you may have this happen. You may have this happen. Do you have autoimmune? Do you have, and you didn't read through any of it. You're just mm-hmm. told just sign these things. Yeah. Right. So it's not, it's not, it needs to be a discussion. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely things to consider. So helpful. I just am loving everything that you're sharing on this episode. And I know there's so many more things that we could talk about concerning this. I'm going to have to have you come back on. Um, and girls that are listening, you can follow along with my own journey. I'm learning right along with you. This is something that I feel like has been a, a miracle that I've been able to come across Candace and all that she's sharing because I feel like it's opening my eyes to a lot of things that and maybe giving me answers that I've been searching for for a long time. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for the things that I've been able to learn. And I'm excited that there's a lot of hope that this can be something that's successful. I mean, you look like you are just glowing and you're feeling good. So you would say it's worth it, right? It's worth all of the stuff that you had to go through to learn what you know now, right? It, it really, really is. And, and I still say, you know, I, I don't know that I would have said it at the time, but I would go through it again because I, I feel like it's connected me to... A, a, a greater purpose because I'm being able to help women. I, I I have women with, with breast cancer who, you know, were going to get implants and, and different things that 
you know, it's, it's really amazing to be able to be in service to others, especially women yeah. and, and, and be able to share the information that I wish I had. So uh, I, I'm, I'm grateful for the journey. And um, another really, really important resource that I'd like to mention is there is a therapist named Dr. Amanda Savage Brown, and she has a book called Busting Free. And it is all focused on the breasts, on on why why what leads us to the implant table to begin with and the journey from explant to post explant and learning to you know accept these things and and work through uh, on a psychological and emotional level in a very healthy way and she has a lot of free resources on her website on um, how to scan the body and, and meditations and things that are just very very calming and healing and, you know, mindset is so incredibly important in your healing journey. So it's definitely so someone, <laughs> yeah, definitely someone at, at some point that you, you might be interested in talking yeah. to. She's amazing. I appreciate you letting me know about her and, and so many other great resources, you know, the, the doctors that you have and the nutritionists that you have recommended. We're going to um, put those links in our show notes for sure. And then I know that they are listed on your website as well, which we absolutely yep. will be linking um, all the things that are, have to do with you on our, because um, we want our girls to be able to connect with you because um, you are such a great resource. And you're just, uh, I just can see that you are on this mission and that you have this fire in you. And, and I just think how amazing. Yeah, I bet a couple of months ago, I don't know when you started on this journey, but if you just went to Italy in June and and now have a website with Holistico Life, like <laughs> it just seems like this is kind of a new journey, but it's obviously meant to be. And I'm grateful that you are on this journey and that you are letting us come along with you. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I feel so honored, and uh, I am very. I I spend six to seven hours a day answering DMs. And I'm not, I currently, I'm not a patient advocate for any specific doctor. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm a fill in patient advocate for all the doctors that don't have them. So women come to me as they are, um, either post explant or, or thinking about explant, uh, or, or just asking how, how they can support their body with breast implants. And so it's just, it's, it's a gift because I I can share my experience and then the experience of all the other women that I'm, that I'm talking to, um, so that I can help them on, on that part of their journey. So I am very, so if you reach out to me, I always do respond. That's amazing. Well, thank you. I'm so glad that we've been able to introduce you to our audience and thank you for all the good work that you're doing. I think it's so inspiring. And I think this episode is going to change a lot of lives. At least it's going to open up a lot of eyes. And so it's going to help us to be empowered with a little more information. Knowledge is power. And with that knowledge, we can take control of our own health and be our own best health advocates. So girls, if you found this episode to be helpful, please share it with the girls in your life because sharing is caring. And the more you're able to share this episode, the more people we can help. So we we all feel passionate about helping women to be able to um, make the most of their life. And that comes from being healthy. If we're not feeling healthy, we're not feeling well, we can't go out and do the important work that we're meant to do. So it's important that we have these kinds of conversations. So until next week, I hope you have a very happy and healthy week. And we will be back again next Tuesday with another incredible episode. And make sure you go and visit our show notes so that you can find ways that you can connect with Candace and learn more about breast implant illness and be able to share that information with others. Thanks again. Bye.